Welcome to Life is Life, the podcast, where I'm going to try to give you as much value and inspire as many people as I can. But today's topic is intimacy, love, um, compassion, relationships, hookups, sex, whatever you want to categorize all of that into. So I want to just first say that I I like doing this stuff. I like talking about not just um, other things, but I want to like... I really like talking about intimacy and relationships and sexual energy and whatever, um, all that stuff, because it means so much to me because growing up, I've almost been that, that cliche, um, I've I've had this cliche thought or experience in myself that feels really strongly about, um, intimacy, love, attraction, um, you know, just like the tenderness of, of life. Like, and it all, it all starts out when I was, okay, wow, I'm going to go into the story. Holy shit. Okay. Let's fucking do this. You guys ready? Yo, put your, put your fucking pajamas on, get ready. Cause I want you, I want you in a good place. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> okay. So, um, it all started when I was probably like three or whatever. Anyways, I was in preschool, right? Love affair. I had this weird love affair, and I was very um, influenced by Disney movies, so there was this one girl, I think her name was Brittany, and there was another guy in my preschool class, I don't know his name, but anyways, we were in the same class, and keep in mind, anyways, I didn't really know, I didn't understand about relationships and stuff, I only knew from The Lion King of how the lions act, uh, that's the only relationship guidance that I really got. Um, so yes. And I, there was this girl and I guess I flirted with her in a weird passive way where you think you're flirting with her in your mind and you think it's actually happening. Cause you know, I think kids do that. Um, so, um, yeah, and we would be on the play play area. What do you call that? Recess? Not recess. Like, just, yeah, whatever. And I, I guess we would reenact. This is what I remember. Um, we would reenact The Lion King. One, there was one time where we... It was, it's, this has been stuck in my head. We reenacted The Lion King um, scene where God knows the names, but him and his wife were like underneath the waterfall and they were like grappling each other and then whatever anyways um me and this guy <laughs> the the arch nemesis anyways we were trying to like you know be the be the guy to her be the big the big lion with the beard whatever fuck it so i just it was like this again passive um intimacy that i think we both wanted to give her god that sounds okay and yeah and, and i guess um there's another um instance where i was on a cruise one time and keep in mind i've been on many cruises and most of them turn out in a love affair like not physically all the time because i was really young but um i've had i've had somewhere i've just i just cruises are just a whole world but i'm gonna get into that um another time so um I was on this cruise and there was this one girl, I guess I went to a kids, a kids camp on the cruise where there was like a teen lounge and there would be like parties or whatever. 
And there was this one girl, she had black hair. She kind of had like a, not a chubby face, but like a cute chubby face. And she wasn't fat or anything, but, um, God, it was just weird. It was like this, like, anyways, um, right out of a movie. So there was this guy that I knew and I think, uh, he liked her too, whatever. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think he liked her, but, um, I don't know, to be honest. I told him about it one time, I think. Um, anyways, there was one time when we, it was getting to the end of the cruise and I had my chance to tell that I liked her. So I was like, it was like this party that we were having in the teen lounge and it was like the last night. So I was like, you know what? I got to do this. I got to do this. I mean, shit. Like I was thinking about it all last night, all last night, (laughs) all last, all last night. Yes. And I got to do this. So I see her sitting with her friends, right? Sitting at this like booth table. And so I approach, I kind of walk toward, not directly towards them, but like walking, like I'm going to like the, the somewhere else to the dance floor. And I don't, I don't do it. And it, it felt so bad it's not the it's not the type of situation where you can just convince yourself that it's okay it was not that it's i felt it so hard that i knew that for the rest of my life i was going to feel like that unless i did something that would take its place and that has been this inner struggle that i've faced for so long and still face i think because it's the fact that you didn't do something because you were so scared or you were so scared of whatever. I don't know if it was failure or what. It was the failure of owning up to intimacy, to be vulnerable and to put yourself in a situation that you feel so strongly about. And that's, sorry, that scared me. That scared me so much that I didn't even... I I control my body to not feel it. That's how scary it is. That you don't even that you literally filter it out. So I didn't get to um cuz she lived in a different state and I never got her number, whatever, she's gone, but I've had reoccurring dreams. Um I was probably around 7 or so and for a couple of years after, I just had reoccurring dreams of this girl and reoccurring situations where I'd be up late at night in my bed thinking she was going to come through the AC vent and come down and be like, hey, what's up? And that it was just so, it was just so like, crazy, like right out of like a movie, so story, story like that it, it almost seemed like it was a game that I was playing with myself, but it just seemed so real. And I just couldn't, I couldn't ignore the feeling that I had towards someone like this. It was like, I mean, I didn't really understand love. I didn't know how to like, I didn't really conceptualize it, you know, you know, how to know how to talk about it, but it was just such a, I just, I felt it inside. So anyways, getting older, there was a girl in my, God, maybe, not preschool maybe like kindergarten or whatever no probably preschool yeah and i i liked her so much that i i made her my fake girlfriend i made her my fake girlfriend i would tell everyone 
yeah, I've been dating Brittany for so long. And I think this was a different girl than the girl in my pre- other preschool class with the Lion King thing. Um, and this girl, this girl, I called Brittany. I, I would just say, if I would go to a social event, I would be like, yeah, I have a girlfriend. Her name's Brittany. I'm dating her for a couple of years. And it was just weird, like, thing where, like, I was, I had a fake girlfriend and I, I lied so hard and it was such an innocent lie that, um, I wouldn't even, if you, if you proved it to me that she wasn't my girlfriend, I would be like, oh, that's not her. No, no, no. There's someone else. Yeah. You don't know her. Um, <laughs> like, and I had no excuse. I had, it, it just made sense. Cause like, how could I visit her? How would you know? Like, I don't have, she doesn't have a phone. Um, so yeah, I was just really, um, into the whole like relationship thing. And anyways, further out my course of life, <laughs> as I got older, I, there was, I guess there was this one girl where I remember where my friends introduced me to her and she, we met up at a, God, I don't want this to be like exposed, but we met up at like a, a basketball court and her, my friends, my two friends were there and they were both girls and, and they introduced me to this girl that we were talking from, from text. So um, we talked on text and then we met at a basketball court. Anyways, basically, I just didn't, I, I I don't know why I didn't like her. Like, I made things up in my mind why I didn't like this girl. Like, literally made things up. Like, oh, she was weird. She's not, I can't, I can't. Or, or like, yeah, that she was weird. And I, I didn't, I, th- I, I I've never been someone to judge. Like, I've always been so um, understanding of people from all walks of life where being annoying, that's the last thing that would turn me off to be in a relationship, to be annoying, to be annoyed. Like I I really, it's very hard for me to get annoyed. Um, Not used to it. So I've just found so many different reasons to not put myself out there in a situation where I get involved with someone for so many years. Like, I mean, this was probably in middle school, but I still did it. Like I still didn't put myself in the situation and it reflected in my social life too. And I think that's a major thing in my life. It's like one of those top categories of issues that, that you face. And it's like, if you make like a top five, that's in my top five, putting myself in an intimate place um, with someone. And like really intimate, like I'm not talking just like, I'm not talking just like kissy or, or expressing yourself. No, I'm not just saying, oh, I feel sad or not saying that's bad, but I'm just saying like, yeah, never really intimate to the point where it's like the feeling of being silent because there's really nothing to say that type of intimacy where you just, you kind of flow anyways. So, um, I guess, I guess the first girlfriend or the first, um, yeah, wow, my first girlfriend that I actually kissed, um, yeah, it was just, you know, thinking back, thinking back, I really, I really, um, wow, thinking now, I still, I still do, I still have the issue, and it's still, it's a huge thing, because, like, it's just been going on for so long, my, most of my life, I felt like, you know, and, when you keep doing the same mistake over and over again, it it builds up to like a whole chapter book where 
you got so many stories that add to the collection of expression or of just it's just it's just a lot so um my first girlfriend was awesome i mean it it was just such a mind-blowing experience to know that um i was exploring relationships i was exploring intimacy i was exploring myself which was a big thing and wow exploring yourself in a relationship is humongous that's you you can for you to it just it sparks something in you and i think that sparked something in me and it definitely it's it just it really sparked my life you know um so basically after that i know that's a huge section of my life it was probably like four years of talking off and on with this girl um but um i dated her that was like my first girlfriend first kiss um things of that nature so um oh my god wow i don't know where to go from there because i don't want to get into i don't want to just i don't want to get too specific because i i do want to get specific but not now not now you know i think later in life i will get specific because i think the when i do get specific it will create a story that's mind-blowing because the way i want to explain it is it's really eye-opening um so huh wow i thought this was like 30 minutes into this okay wow we got a long way to go fellas okay all right so intimacy wow wow i am 21 years old and i still feel like i've only had a drop of intimacy in an ocean and i am still exploring what intimacy means to me and what intimacy means to someone else like a partner um because I haven't, you see, I've had my fair share of relationships, God, not many, actually, probably three, I think three, yeah, no, no, two, no, two, you can't, oh yeah, one thing with relationships is, if it's a, if you have a title, then it's a relationship, that's something you gotta, you gotta, you gotta understand that, because I didn't, anyways, um, so yeah wow intimacy it's a feeling of sometimes people say it's a feeling of oneness sometimes people say it's a feeling of exploration it's actually it sometimes people think it's giving up yourself for someone else um there's so many ways of um experiencing it and seeing it i just think that it's just so important to me and it's probably important to a lot of people because so many people ends relationships or find attraction to people and um some people a lot of people have problems with it you know and a lot of people don't notice how much it how much it actually affects someone and you know it's just really, it can be really challenging to deal with by yourself if you don't have anyone to help you, like guide yourself. Because I think we, I think we all need guidance. Um, yeah, and man, it's just, a, it's a, it's a very touchy thing because 
you know, I, I okay, I'll, I'll tell you this. So I, I write a lot of poetry. I've written spoken word poetry since I was, um, well, I've actually always liked poetry since I was in elementary school. And high school was when I started, junior year was when I started getting into poetry and writing it myself. So that's when I started writing love poems with my first relationship. I didn't realize how much I liked writing love poems um, naturally until probably a year ago. And I was just, I was just, a, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to find the words, like a cool word to explain how I felt about this. But when I write love poems, it takes a piece of me that I couldn't explain otherwise and I explain it through poetry, and it's so, it just comes out so natural, and just raw, and I just love, I love writing love poems, and I thought about writing love poems to, like, random girls, like, just writing a love poem to a random girl, and just saying, listen, I'm not in love with you, but boom, here's a love poem, and I think that's just awesome, like, it just, it warms my heart, like, just knowing that you can do that, and that, that's, like, something that I thought of, I think it's awesome. I really want to do that. I just don't want it to be fake. I don't want to write a dumb fake poem about about like the way your eyes sparkle. I don't like cliche. That's not something that I, you know. Let me let me let me uh, let me re say that. I like cliche, but I don't. I don't. Man, I, I don't know how I feel about that. So, hmm, cliche. It's kind of it's kind of weird kind of weird because I don't like predictability. I like spontaneity um in love and I know like the whole the whole don't like love you have to let flow or love you have to um unwrap itself. You can't just if you if you don't like something about love then you can't be in love. I don't know, whatever. These are just things I heard from people. It's like stuck in my mind like a fucking okay, virus. So Yes. Okay. So back to, um, what was I saying? Poetry. Yeah. I really wanted, I, I, I've just noticed like when I, when I have a crush on a girl, the, a few things will go through my mind. The few, a few things. This is great. I'm glad I brought this up. One, I got to write a poem about her. I got to write a poem, like a love poem, like a, like a love poem that's going to make her cry. And that's going to start the first day of the rest of your life. A love poem that's going to make the world change like you know that that feeling where you're like this is gonna rock the world and that and also um is this going to work out like when you when you when i find a when when i crush on someone i like i i like to think in the future i like to plan ahead and it's something so um compulsive that it's just you just think like, you know, it's normal that we do this because we think, what is this going to work out? Like, like anyways, um, because it's so you, you value, like I value it. Like I value, um, intimacy and relationships and stuff like that. So I I don't, I don't want to just be here for a short time. I want to be here for a long time. I'm starting to think of the Drake quote, um, in his song anyways. So yeah, I'm I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Um, anyways, that's not what I meant. So, uh, yeah, but I also like the spontaneity, like hookups and stuff like that. 
and um yeah but in 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 the in a deeper sense i think we all want that long lasting love and um because when you're when you're fulfilled with someone it's and you experience something where they're you don't have blinders on to the rest of the world like it's not like you just see every girl as like you don't see those 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 um attractive girls or you don't see what could have been you almost see a contentment with one girl you see you're content with someone to the point where it's so real it's so like you're actually content with someone think about it what if you were actually content with someone what if you're actually content with your life, yo? Would you need a lot of stuff? Would you? Anyways. So, yeah. Um. Wow, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but I'll take the next fucking train. So, yeah, I, I I'm at a point in my life because we're in COVID. We're in COVID. It's like a fucking lockdown. Literally, feels like it. Um, cause I live with my grandpa and I don't like go out as much anymore because I was, I was going out doing interviews. Fun fact, I do videography and photography anyways, guys. Um, intimacy, love. I've been very interested in philosophy and, um, I guess West East, uh, Indian spirituality, I guess. I listen to Indian gurus. Um, but originally I listened to philosophy with named a guy who does or does philosophy fuck it his name is alan watts he's awesome that's where that's the one of the first um philosophers that i listened to in high school and he would there were so many philosophies about love and concept contextually what it means like what it actually means like how it works like the practicality of love not just realistically, but spiritually as well. And the stories. So going through that, listening days and days night, days and days out, like a textbook, studying. Like I feel like I've been studying philosophy, you know, on YouTube, listening, reading sometimes. What love is and thinking about it too, you know? Playing those scenes, watching movies, validating what you want to happen. It's it's something that I'm still um, figuring out because I still don't know what I mean when I say intimacy. Like, I don't know what I mean. Like, actually. Like, yeah, I kind of felt intimate for some parts of my life. But it's not something that I'm clear cut about. It's not something that I can say, yeah, I know what intimacy is. I know what love is. Or I know what, um, like, you know, like tenderness is. It, it, it's, it's just, it's, I felt it before, but it's, it's not something that I've, I, I can feel confident about um, or clear about. I, I guess clear is the word. So oh my god fuck <laughs> okay it's such a weird it's it oh my god it's so it's like there's a part of me that wants to like um talk clearly to you guys and um make it 
easy to listen to, but there's another part of me that just wants to say whatever the fuck I want and hope that you mind those sentences where I pause awkwardly or I say, um, or I fucking swallow my fucking saliva. Um, oh my God. (laughs) So stupid. Yo, that shit's so dumb. Fuck it. Fuck it. So, um, anyways, yeah, just fucking, I don't know if you, if you were like feeling bad about a breakup, whatever, just bad about not feeling like intimate, um, social, social interactions or just really fucking love, lack of love, lack of contentment. Just know that the, the, I'm going to tell you a path of, of a very, of not the greatest path of least resistance, but I want you to feel it because it just, I don't mean feel it. I don't mean like feel the intensity and the bad part of it. I mean, just be attentive to it. Don't ignore it. Don't just say, all right, it's going to go in the background and then it's going to heal itself. Don't do that. Actually sit down and get to the bottom of it because you're going to either get to the bottom of it now or later and you can either break it up into sections and do it like that yo i literally fucking do that i'll literally think of something break it up into sections and say all right i'm gonna take this section this section of it and think about this now deal with it and then take the next section deal with it tomorrow but you have to feel it or it's gonna be there or i i want to say ever I want to say ever until you feel it. And yeah, you better believe that it's going to feel like intense the way you fucking perceive it, but you don't have to suffer through it. That's what a lot of people do. They suffer mad hard. That's what people, I think that's what people, people like fear often is the suffering, the repercussions of it, of how it's going to affect their life. But really when you feel it, when you go through the scary door, the thoughts before you open the door are scarier than actually opening the door. Yeah. As soon as you, as soon as you go for that scary handle, you grab the scary handle and it's not scary anymore. As soon as you grab, it's that transition that we're often scared of. It's the transition of going, okay, I'm in the safe place. All right. Oh my God. Look at the sunshine. You're telling me to go in the sewer right now. Are you fucking kidding me? Like you want me to just go in the sewer right now? I'm not ready for it. I was just experiencing all this stuff. This is crazy. Like, why do I have to go in the sewer? It's so crucial that you do because when you go into the sewer, you'll realize that the sewer is not what you thought. The sewer is just the sewer you know, and it's not fucking, it's not a fucking haunted house where demons are going to come fucking kill you and shit. It's not the fucking dark energy of light. Like, yo, whatever you think is the scariest thing is something that you created. Yeah. I'm serious. I'm so serious because, um, not only is it something that you created, but it's something that a lot of people create and then recycle generations and generations. Okay, it's not something that, you know, so anyways, and I know people feel, I know people have experienced like, okay, some people feel, experience like ghosts, some people experience demons or whatever, fuck it, fuck it, I still believe that, I still believe that that's something that you created, 
Anyways, so when you go into feeling these feelings, <laughs> I wanted to fucking <laughs> feel intimacy and then I went to eat demons and shit. Anyways, when you go into feeling these feelings, I want you to understand that you're not going to be ready. You're not going to be ready because you don't even know how. To, how do you prep yourself? What are you going to do? Make a fucking cup of tea? You're going to make a cup of tea, a chamomile tea, get your fucking binaural beats which actually might help you um binaural beats on youtube which is frequencies that change your chemistry and your fucking whatever um can go to sleep on it what are you gonna do you're gonna get your you're gonna you're gonna put on some fucking meditation music like what are you gonna do um put on uh, comfy clothes and and then sit there and feel the fucking feelings like no that's that shit doesn't mean shit when you're in the okay go put your pajamas on make a cup of tea and go into a haunted house yeah does that help does that help you like that no no because you're gonna spill the tea everywhere and um you know fuck it (laughs) so yeah so you're not gonna be ready but that's that that doesn't matter like that that's that's so insignificant for what you're actually going through what what's significant is attentiveness being attentive towards First of all, where the fuck you are? You're in probably going to be in your house. Um, so being attentive of where you are, what you're going through. And once that happens, you'll realize that it's not that big of a deal. Our minds like to exaggerate emotions. Or, well, yeah. Well, no, we like to exaggerate our emotions because we want to get all the juice out of it. We It's juicy. You know, thoughts are a certain... Thoughts are, are, I would say, not as juicy as emotions, okay? Emotions are juicier, yeah. But we like to, we like to just take out all the juice. We like to fucking juice those oranges of emotions because it's, because it's more meaningful. And... What was I going to fucking say? Yeah, so when you're feeling these emotions, um, well, you can't feel emotions. You just feel. What the fuck? Yo, that shit's stupid. You can't think thoughts. You're just thinking. I don't know. That's what Alan Watts said. So I just like that. Anyways, yeah. So when you feel these emotions, um, just go into it. Like, just how you would on a on anything. Like, just be your try your best be your best what the fuck like be attentive do all the things that you want in your life like what the fuck yo relax like first of all um get excited about life um get um sharp i guess i don't know all the fucking qualities of a great person um (laughs) of a functioning i guess fuck it get i don't know be all these different things and then feel the feelings of the of the <laughs> preschool love affair as um i would and and just i guess go into it like walk into it like you're walking into a scene of a of a movie and you know have a different perspective on it and shit like what i often realize is when you think about it it's not going to get resolved like you don't you don't just like 
pop the bubbles. You're not just going to go around and pop all these fucking, or you're not just going to go heal all these fucking emotions that you've had your entire life. And all of a sudden, all right, bro, I'm, I'm going to attend to these emotions and I'm going to take care of this shit because we taking out the trash because it's Monday, bitch. No, no, that's not true. No, it's Tuesday. You take out the trash and, and it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You're not taking care of things. You're, 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 you're dealing with life here. Life is not fucking one, one versus two. Like, no, I don't know what the fuck that means, but you're not just going to take care of emotions, be done with it. Okay. Like you're taking out trash. All right. Shit's going to shit. Shit could stay there. Shit can stay there for a long time, your whole life. And I think that a great way to get over it is to do something more significant. Change your story. That's always good to change your story. We have this story um, that we created. Change your story. Just change your story. It's okay. God fucking damn it. No one's fucking, no one's, no one gives a fuck how you write your chapter book or your fucking movie or write your movie. What the fuck? No one's look reading your book that much, yo. If people were reading your book that much, you'd be famous. You would be famous, but a lot of people don't give a shit or have time for it because they're writing their own book or movie. So not everything revolves around you. It's just you revolve around you. So get the fuck out of your head. <laughs> okay, maybe that's significant for you. Fucking no. So yeah, that's good too. To just come out of your story a little bit. But change your story. You know? Change it. Maybe you're going to feel this bad emotion. Or bad emotion. And now that you feel that bad emotion. You're going to change a lot of people's lives because of it. And you're going to help a lot of people. And that's going to be more inspiring. And more significant. Than feeling bad about it. So you could substitute it. You say, you know what? Fuck this. I can't believe I fucking felt like this. And guess what? If there's going to be one thing that's going to spark me to do what I've always wanted to do, it's going to be that. So so, sometimes you got to see it as inspiration. That's some shit, yo. If you can do that, you're tapping into something. Very powerful. I really think so. So yeah, I mean, there there you have it. There you have it. You you take one thing and you make it something else. Put it through a filter. Fuck. You know? Sometimes you can't change the water. Sometimes you have to change the filter. You know? And sometimes um, you're going to have to sit with some stuff and use it for building material. Fuck. Use that fucking dirt to sculpt your to sculpt Rome or sculpt your life, yo. So, um, it's not just, it's not just black or white. It's not just, you're gonna, it's not just you feel like shit because of this emotion and it's just gonna stay that shitty emotion. No, it doesn't work like that. No, sorry. So, um, I guess the first step is to acknowledge it. And, the next billion steps are up to you. I mean, what the fuck? Like, it, there's no one forcing you to feel these emotions, to, to get through these emotions, you know? And 
you're the one that's going to have to just make time for them. You really when, make time for it. Meaning when you're going through some shit, or when you get this idea, oh, when, late at night, right? You go, oh man, you know, I can go work on my, um, whatever. I, for me, I would fucking, instead of like, I don't know, whatever. Anyways, let's say you were going to go read, right? You're going to read, but you think to yourself, oh, I haven't felt that emotion. I haven't gotten, I got, I haven't gotten, I haven't really um, dived into my childhood, right? You know, maybe I'll dive into my childhood of the past tw- 20 years. Um, maybe that, maybe that's what I'm going to replace instead of reading. So do it. You got to make time for it. And it's important. And you won't see the importance of it until you acknowledge it and sit with it. You got to sit with it. You got to let it boil up. You got to let it boil up and you have to let yourself react to it when it's when it's boiled. Don't react to it when it's heating up. Okay? So Yeah, I really like talking about this and thank you for listening. Shit, if you listen this far, fucking thank you. This means a lot. Um I wasn't thinking I was going to record this, but I hope this helps. I really do. And I um yeah. All right, guys. Peace.